This is the minute where you'll hear digital product insights from our Better Product Podcast guests in 10 minutes or less. We have a really exciting, a, a type of episode we haven't yet done. Today, we're going to talk about a current event because yes, current events also happen in the world of products. On the show with me today, I, I don't have my usual you know, co-host and, and Anna. She's she's busy strategizing world-changing products somewhere. Instead, I have one of our lead brand designers and product marketers at Innovate Map, Megan Pfeiffer, to join us. So welcome, Megan, and maybe tell people uh, a little bit about what you do. Thanks, Christian. Yeah, I am a senior brand designer and product marketer at Innovate Map. So about half the time, I'm actually designing the visual identities for companies. And the other half of the time, I'm helping them out positioning, messaging, and how they talk about themselves. The current event we're going to talk about today is the Twitter brand refresh, which may not be quite the right word to call it a brand refresh. And we'll get to why in a second. But we wanted to cover this because especially as we've gone remote, we've had a very active Slack channel with our designers at Innovate Map. And one of the things that we do is when there's a big design change, a big brand, you know, in the past, like Slack's rebrand or Dropbox, things like that, it generates a lot of discussion. And the discussion is really great because it's not just, do you like these colors? This font's terrible, whatever it is. It's that plus we look at what does this mean for the company? Does this make sense? I and mean, it's a big part of what you do, Megan. So I really wanted to get your take on this Twitter rebrand. Why don't you, Megan, tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in this brand refresh? So like the actual Twitter, the bird logo isn't changing. And they're keeping that same color blue as well. They did update their fonts and they're updating what we at Innovate Map like to refer to as the activation around the brand. So any other sort of visual elements that you're bringing in, especially in marketing campaigns. So what Twitter has done is leaned into collages and a look that's a lot more like grassroots, like graffiti, pulling in a bunch of different visual elements together. I was diving in a little bit to the history and I found a blog post. I'll have to go find the link as well, where somebody was talking about the Twitter offices and how in the Twitter office, although this is back when they were probably still going into the office, they had some of these collages that were up representing their Twitter communities, like Black Twitter, Design Twitter, things like that. When I read that, it kind of seemed like maybe that found its way out into the product. We talk a lot about it, your company brand, especially when you get to be a certain size, it becomes really, really important for your internal culture. And then the external brand which in the digital product space really comes through in the product. What's your experience sort of those two things together? Can they be different? Do they have to be the same? What's the relationship between those? Well, for some companies, they shouldn't be the same at all because probably their employees and what they're looking for in a brand is a lot different from who their target audience or the users of their product, what they're looking for. Twitter is an interesting case because technically they are for all people. And so with this new brand refresh and this new campaign that they're running, they are trying to be all things to all people. And so collages are an easy way to do that. So you can put anything in them and you can truly cover all these different types of groups, or you can be pretty specific in the types of collages you make and target niche groups. So I think it was smart from that perspective for them. We take a step back to the macro climate around social networking in general, do you feel like this is a reaction to that? Or do you think that absent anything that happened over the last four years, they would have done something like this? I think it could in part be a reaction to everything that's going on with censorship and social media in the world today. So 
Twitter has been censoring a lot more content recently than they had before as a result of current events. And also as a result of current events, there are a lot of anti-censorship platforms cropping up. So what this could be is uh, a reaction to the market and kind of trying to make themselves look a little bit more anti-censorship in order to balance the censoring they've been doing. How do you think, I mean, I, I, I think you're totally right. There's, there's no doubt this has to be tied to a little bit of that. I would even, if I take a, a, a broader picture of like, the, the, I would think Facebook is really facing a lot of criticism. I think a lot of it, I think, I think the criticism uh, on, on, on Twitter as well, all of this is founded. I think Twitter still has a lot of issues with, with harassment that haven't been addressed. And I think uh, with Facebook, there's a lot of issues with, with hate groups organizing and things like that. And I, I do feel like in this age of social you know, network and, and censorship and those issues, branding yourself to sort of uh, get back to something that's, that's more organic is smart. I also wonder if it's really just to do something that helps position against uh, the rest. The challenge, I think, is, is like what you said, like if there's censorship is an issue, but getting to something that's more grassroots and like back to the people, I think that's great, but you have to follow through with the way that you you treat the product itself. So you can't just say like, we're for the people and just like change nothing. Like you have to kind of follow through on that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And this is where product branding and um, just branding for marketing sake kind of run into each other. But I think something that they're doing that's a little bit anti-Facebook at this point is going so all in on these visuals. So when you want a brand, for a social media network that all people kind of need to relate with. You can go one of two ways. You can go minimal like Facebook has done, or you can go a little bit more visual like Twitter is now doing. So I think, like you said, it is a way that they are kind of positioning themselves visually. Mm, That's actually, I didn't think about that too. I think like the, I don't know, noisy, you have better adjectives to describe this collage, which feels... I think some people would say it feels like very 90s, which makes sense. 90s are, are hip right now. But for me, it feels a lot like what you'd see in like alleys or like dive bars where you like see a, a, a person like rolling up poster or bill like up on the, the side of the wall, spray paint, things like that, which I think when you're in large cities, that is always like a reflection of the of the city culture itself. I've been to dive bars where the stuff that's on the walls is really not appropriate. And so you have to like really balance like, hey, this is for the people to post stuff, but hey, not all the stuff. Like, so that's got to be really hard to like inspire people to be themselves. Going with the, the dive bar analogy, I mean, best case scenario, you're in a dive bar that has all the history from the town all over the walls. Worst case scenario is Sharpie on a bathroom stall. So Twitter probably deals with that range as well. Yeah. So if anybody from Twitter is watching, is like, how do you keep the Sharpie off the bathroom wall? Like, that's like the goal here. But everything else seems really cool. You mentioned something, too, and, and we said it kicking off the episode about this isn't really a brand refresh, or at least I said that. Maybe I'm, I'm misspeaking. But you also talked about brand refreshes for, for marketing sake versus like for the company. So I want to understand like what you mean by that and how you think what Twitter is doing is, is it a marketing campaign? Is it a brand refresh? You know, or how do you know the difference? Right. I don't know what Twitter is doing yet, so I won't <laughs> make a guess there, but I can tell you the options are rebranding the company. And this is now part of like the new look and feel of Twitter and probably makes its way into the product. I think we could call that a, a rebrand or a brand refresh. 
On the other hand, one thing we've seen and we've been doing with a couple of clients recently is a parent brand versus uh, marketing campaigns. So the parent brand could just be the logo and the colors and maybe typography, which it looks like Twitter has done. And then every couple months or every year, introduce a new marketing campaign with visual elements. So maybe Twitter's for the next couple months or years is going to be this collage visual style. And then they might introduce something else after that. We see this frequently with insurance companies where they have a pretty neutral parent brand with just a simple logo, probably a blue or orange color. And then they introduce different campaigns. Looking ahead, how does Twitter really evaluate whether this was successful for them? I mean, one way this kind of like a meta way they could evaluate it is how people are reacting on Twitter. Like if anybody's monitoring uh, activity on Twitter, it's them. So they'll probably get a lot of reactions that way. I don't think they're going to be able to monitor it in a typical way that a product company does, which would be gaining users because everybody who's going to be on Twitter is pretty much already on Twitter. Yeah. The other way too, like when we work with like B2B products, one of the ways we talk about if brand is successful is really, you know, how easy is, is the sales process? At least that's how I look at it. Cause I think brand sets, sets the expectation for what it's going to be like, you know, working with you. So in the digital product space, if you're selling a product, sales needs to become easier because brand has helped establish who you are. So when sales walks in the door, like they're just delivering on that and there's no surprises. I hope this is helpful for people. I think it's really fun to take a look at some of the visual parts of product through brand and just break down like what's going on there. Thanks again for joining us, Megan. Thanks so much for listening to the Better Product Feed. If you haven't yet, be sure to join the community of product professionals all on a mission to build better product at, you guessed it, betterproduct.community.